the revolution starting inside An instrumental part of Agora Worldwide Agora Worldwide, Agora Worldwide Counter economics, agorist strip Black market click, move a quick flip Can't regulate this, agorist strip Black market click, move a quick flip Can't regulate this, agorist The Agorist Next Podcast. I'm Brandon. I've got my great co-host, Dag. How you doing, Dag? What's up, man? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good, yeah. man. Just um, dealing with summertime, you know. <laughs> yeah, trying to stay cool. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I like recording uh, here in the middle of the day like this, like we're doing today, because, um, yeah, it gives me an excuse to not be outside. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, we've got a great guest on, but before we get into it, shout out to our sponsor, Presearch. Um, hit the affiliate link if you can uh, to sign up for Presearch. That way they know that we're worth sponsoring. It's a great decentralized search engine where you, where you earn crypto. Um, no spying, no censorship, dark mode, yeah. all and that shit. Down with Google, right? So uh, yeah. what, what's the... <laughs> not, not like down with Google, but like down with Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's support. Uh, let's support anarchists who are um, are trying to make the world a better place. So, um, shout out to Presearch. And uh, so, with that said, I've got the Jack Jack V Lloyd on today. Um, you guys probably all know him. If you don't, you definitely know Foe. Um, and they do all kinds of stuff, comic books, and uh, yeah, we're about to get into that right now. How you doing, Jack? I'm doing good. How you doing? <laughs> good, man. Um, yeah, probably not as good as you. That's that's kind of hard to do. So, <laughs> just because I got a little sunshine, that's all. <laughs> got a little tan going on, you know. Yeah. Plus, I had a good weekend the other weekend being at uh, Yao Revolution. Uh, it was a lot of fun getting to see some cool people. So. Yeah, that's hella cool. Um, you guys, uh, you guys make it out to a lot of a uh, a lot of stuff. Um, I know I've seen you guys at a couple events locally and everything. Um, so it's a uh, you know it's a lot of fun getting out and actually doing in person events. You know, actually meeting other anarchists and you know just spending time with people who don't want want you locked in a cage is just such a great yeah. feeling. You know, <laughs> and uh, it's unfortunate that it's so unique these days because it's like the only chance that you get to do that is when you actually go to an event that's for that, you know? <laughs> right. It's nice to not have to worry about like someone getting bored with what you're saying because you're like, oh, yeah, let's let's talk about the Fed. Let's talk about, you know, crypto. Let's talk about what's happening, you know, with the shutdowns and stuff and how messed up that is. It's, it's nice to actually have conversations with people who are uh, in agreement with you that the government's bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so why don't, why don't you uh, maybe tell us real quick what all, what all, what all you dip your fingers into? Cause I'm sure we're going to miss it if we try. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. So I guess, I guess I'll touch on as much as I can within reason. Um, so one of the things I'm known for is doing the voluntarist comic book series, uh, which is a superhero genre comic book that really just kind of takes the concept of the state and, you know, turns on its head as the evil a norm as opposed to what most comic books have which is you know the government is either outright good or just you know there's some bad apples and they you know just need to fix it so uh all my comic series you know might at first sound like it's preachy because of the the name and, and the theme it's actually just 
meant to be a real, you know, regular story. Uh, but within it, there's just a different way of uh, how the characters uh, think about the world and how they uh, develop their philosophy and so forth. So I just finished my 11th campaign uh, not too long ago. And we just finished actually uh, the first half of the inks. So uh, everything's going along swimmingly, swimmingly with that. And it's been a really uh, fun time, actually. The, the comic issues just keep getting better and better each time. And I think that people are, from what I've seen, really excited about uh, the continuation of the series. So this is the uh, actually second to last issue in this current arc called the Origins arc, uh, which you know brings about the character, uh, the main you know, protagonist, you know, Jack Lloyd and um, the rest of the other, you know, main characters who are kind of uh, setting the backdrop to what's happening with the government trying to enslave humanity and things like that. So uh, that's one uh, project there. And then I do a bunch of other stuff for producing for different channels from uh, The Philosopher uh, to Honest Teacher, Red Flag Reality, Libertarian Guys, Asian Wives, uh, a bunch of other different pages and other things like that. Um, I produce, uh, you know, videos and uh, music. And we actually one of uh, I would say my favorite recent productions was working on Mask Order, which is, I think, just hit over 90,000 views uh, on YouTube. Um, it's very you know, popular because obviously people hate the lockdowns and the shutdowns of the Mask Orders. And that was a lot of fun to make that that video. It still holds up um, and doing some you know songs as well myself, uh, you know, either backgrounding or being a lead. Uh, actually, I'm going to be in studio uh, tomorrow recording a new song, uh, which is going to be, I think, a big hit, or at least I hope. Um, and uh, outside of those things, if I'm not doing uh, anything in the creative or digital space, um, you might, as you said, see me at different events, uh, either enjoying them or doing mentorship or working behind the scenes with different projects. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of do all different types of different things and just really like promoting liberty and non-aggression and voluntarism and everything I do. So, Yeah, man. Uh, well, that's excellent. We definitely appreciate the... Uh the work that you do. Um, I, I thank guess. You, thank you for your service. Yeah, no, absolutely. For your service. Thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you for saying, um, <laughs> I, I want to, there's a lot of stuff that you said that I, you know, I want to get into, but one thing that I actually wasn't familiar with, um, you said red, red flag reality. Is that what it sounds like? Red flag, like red flag mm -hmm. balls. What, tell me a little bit about that. Cause I'm not familiar. Sure. Um, so the red flag reality was a project that fun. I created, uh, which, was kind of focusing on helping wake people up to what's happening with red flag laws, uh, just because, uh, you know, basically undermines any sense of, of due process that you'd have in the United States. Basically, you know, just a court order without even you being there, an ex party hearing, uh, you know, is made, and all of a sudden they're saying, well, he's a threat in some, you know, abstract way, and they all of a sudden come and take your guns. And it's like, wait, you haven't even been charged with the crime. You haven't, you know, been shown that you actually are doing something harmful to somebody. So um, we thought that was really scary and dangerous and wanted to uh, kind of push back against that. So we created um, a campaign related to that in 2020. Uh, and in our first campaign with that, we like fundraised like, uh, like 20K to do a bunch of different videos uh, talking about red flag laws. And also we ended up doing some of the videos about the ATF. Um, one of which uh, I think did pretty well. It's called Three Reasons to Abolish the ATF, which I think on Facebook alone had like 190,000 views. Um, and we produced some more videos uh, past that, uh, like an update to uh, three common gun control myths debunked. And we made it, you know, five common gun control myths debunked. And we still are uh, keeping that branding and constant alive. We intend to do more videos um, in that genre of talking about gun control and things of that nature and red flag laws, of course. Uh, but we, uh, had to take a step back with some of it because we couldn't do as much as we wanted to thanks to all the government tyranny and shutdowns and lockdowns and things like that. But uh, obviously we're not uh, finished with it. We're still uh, gearing up to do some things in 2022 
uh, for hopefully uh, making a new skit um, in, in that genre of, of creative content that we're doing. Right. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, I tend to only care so much about, you know, laws and shit, you know, being known to gorse and whatnot. Right. But really like when it does come to like, you know, two A and gun laws and stuff, it's like mm -hmm. when I look at, you know, what happens in like legislation and everything, I really feel like lately, like if it wasn't for red flag laws, like I wouldn't be that worried about like, you know, a lot of like mm -hmm. new gun control encroachment. But the thing that really gets me about red flag laws is like, you know, whenever you talk to somebody about like gun control and gun confiscation, most people are like, they're not going to go door to door and take everybody's guns. It's going to be violence. And it's like, yeah, you're right if they did it all at once. But with something right. like red flag, they can do it one at a time. And yeah. for any minor reason. And I think that's how it happens. It's not an all at once door to door thing. It's mm -hmm. a small, slow creep. Well, and, and to me, what's very scary about that is how it can be weaponized um, by, you know, anyone who is a close contact. And, and you know, in some states, uh, you know, obviously it's a state level thing. So it depends on, you know, the state's legislative scheme. But, you know, you had some states where they're saying, well, if an ex says that, you know, you're a threat, all of a sudden we're going to come after you. Or if a teacher says, ooh, this you know kid was talking about guns, we're going to, you know, mm -hmm. run the parents and things. You know, when you get to that level where it's very easy and flimsy for someone who you know themselves is an anti-gun advocate or a activist to be able to say oh yeah i have some you know proximity to this person because i'm a co-worker or i'm a teacher you know or i'm a family member even though you might never see that family member ever but they hate you for some reason some you know cousin or something and all of a sudden they can make up a story and have the police come kick down your door you know shoot your dog maybe even and try to take your guns that's to us i mean we're like okay that's scary like that's mm -hmm. legit scary like this isn't something where it's like oh, okay at least you know there's a court hearing and you can kind of defend yourself to some extent uh you know before there's actually a decision made i mean they're having these meetings without the accused it's ex parties so do you know what i mean you don't even have a chance to defend yourself before the taking that's crazy you know what i mean that yeah, yeah. Happens insane so that's why we were so passionate about that and we we're really concerned and it, it still is a, of course a real concern it's still you know happening but fortunately through our work and other people's work there has been some pushback in, in some places and it you know there is a, a unraveling of it in some ways but it's still a, a present threat and needs to be removed in several uh, key states for sure and yeah you and that's why i was a big supporter of, of mm -hmm. red flag red flag reality because it could just be hearsay and and somebody could go in there mm -hmm. and, and oh, yeah. you know, basically you know take take your life away and it's it's very it's very concerning and um i probably cut you off dag what, what were you gonna say no i cut you off this time man we're switching it up I cut um, you off. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> I, I heard a statistic and it was something like 80 something percent of the red flag like the the initiation was actually by like government people I and mean, this might have just been in some states and i could be mm -hmm. wrong about that statistic but it was something staggeringly high because like the idea is like Hey man, I got this. Yeah, I got this family member and whatever. He's a little nuts. And hey, maybe you know we need to do something. But in reality, yeah, it's like usually like teachers or something, you know, or, or some sort of government entity or agent initiating these red flag things, which makes it, of course, you know, it, it turns whatever possible reasonable thing you might be able to think of into totally not. Because like we could even say in like let's say oh you know in Kapistan or whatever free society that we envision, you know, like you could you could probably make a case in certain instances where like okay, maybe somebody shouldn't, you know, shouldn't have a weapon, you know what I mean? But, you know, like you said, there would, you'd have to prove it, you know, you'd have to be able to go through and prove it and show or, or, or something and not just this, any government agency can just say, oh, well, I don't like you, you know, we're going to go and take your guns. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that kids and stuff like that is going to be the big thing too. Like if you have kids, you're basically already like, oh, you're dangerous to have guns. You can't have can't have guns around kids, you know. In in some instances. So mm-hmm. anyhow, yeah, the the red flag is definitely uh definitely super scary. Well, one uh, example but, uh, in Florida specifically, uh, just to give one you know kind of scary situation was that there was a guy who you know he was having a political disagreement. Like literally, I'm not you know they were talking about politics online. And he uh, posted, I think it was on Instagram and maybe got reposted to Facebook, a picture of his AR build, you know, totally benign, right? Not a threat picture, even, even which, you know, that's its own nuanced debate, but literally just took a picture of, he was you know, proud of the, the gun he had built, he had put together. And someone used that to report him for Red Flag, um, who obviously didn't like his views. Um, and they, and then the police took his guns and he had a higher attorney and he won the case like, you know, obviously, because it's, you know, clearly First Amendment protected stuff, mm-hmm. but it cost him the time, you know, to actually get the attorney, the expense of the attorney um, and, you know, all that time having to go through the court process and get back his stuff. I mean, and that's crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. there was, you know, he lost that time and money to try to defend himself where literally, you know, any in any other you know circumstance, a prosecutor dealing in criminal law would say, Oh, well, yeah, we, we can't charge over that, right? But because they put it in civil court and they try to lower the standards, oh, okay, well, now that's enough. You know, there's a picture on Instagram of a gun. This guy is dangerous, you know, so very scary stuff in a terrible, you know, situation. Uh, but that that's literally how bad it can it can get. Uh, that was in Florida? That was in Florida that that happened. Oh, man, we're supposed to be the good ones, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you won't be surprised when I tell you the county is Broward County. Right. Oh, okay. I was going to say you're that or Hillsborough because Hillsborough is really bad with guns a lot of times too. Right. So the same people who handled Parkland, right? So these, you know, a bunch of very terrible people to say the least, you know, um, these kinds of police officers who work in that, in that County specifically, uh, especially horrible when it comes to those things. So, you know, scary stuff. And that's why, you know, just try to tell everybody about it. Cause some people just don't even get it. It like takes time to process. Like, no, this is not like some hyperbole. Like they're literally taking people's guns and doing so without them even having a chance to say, Hey, wait a second, you're wrong before they take it. Like this is a yeah. serious innocent until proven guilty, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all that nonsense right. just on, you right. know, it's like civil right. asset forfeiture, but you know, <laughs> right. Yep. Same thing with civil, exactly. Civil asset forfeiture is another one of those things where it turns, uh, you know, your property over, you know, to the government. Now you have to prove, Oh wait, you know, that's that's mine. And you're wrong for taking that. Now the burns on you. It's crazy. Thanks a lot, Biden. I think you wrote that shit in like the 70s. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I, think, I think he was one of the main people on that, mm-hmm. you know, back when he was, you know, still young and new in politics <laughs> it's 60 years ago. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so. Um, so I don't know. I, do we, we want to switch gears to comic books, maybe. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want. I can talk about most most any topic. Um, yeah, man. I- I want to get into comics because I I don't know. I've always been a huge comic book fan when I was a kid. Uh, I think X-Men was pretty much my favorite comic. Um, Mm. But, uh, you know, I've always kind of liked superheroes too. Um, Mm. So, but the thing that I like about your comic in particular is that there, you know, there's not a lot of anarchist comics. There's all these status comics Mm. out there. And, like, even the Avengers, when they form, I think they, like, serve um what's his name who's who's like uh cia or something i forget which branch like the pentagon yeah yeah um mm. or no fury uh nick fury of shield. Name? yeah nick fury of shield and shields like cia or pentagon or, or 
Or, right. You know, like some an government allied. agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a subset right. of, you know. And so, um, so yeah, it, it seems like a lot of the comics are super statist. And uh, oh, yeah. so it's a, it really is a breath of fresh air to have a comic that's like, no, actually, you know, um, these are the bad guys. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's in my opinion, it's closer to reality than, than the status comic books because they portray them as like trying to protect people and stuff. And it's like, no, they're actually the criminals. Um, but, uh, but yeah, kind of go into, and I guess I re- I'm a huge fan of origins because it's like, it's like, we're seeing how this is, how all of this has started. And mm-hmm. um, if you could kind of go into a little bit about the, the protagonist. Sure. I mean, so just a little backdrop um, with the protagonist uh, without giving too many spoilers, but, you know, giving a general overview of what's what's kind of out there. Um, so the protagonist is like a young guy who just recently graduated college and the government, um, you know, is in the, in the backdrop, of course, uh, doing some scheming uh, for how they are going to really enslave humanity once and for all, really gain control. And the critical changing point is that there is a cosmic event uh which enables the protagonist to have some powers and there's some you know development with that too it's not just you know you know all magical you know powers and you know almighty stuff you know right off the bat kind of thing there's definitely development there too uh but the kind of crux there the, the the big decision that has to be made by the protagonist is whether or not he's going to go along with the government's plans uh, for enslavement and, and work with them or not. And at the beginning, uh, he is offered that choice, you know, to, to choose to go with the government uh, or to, you know, refuse it. And so, you know, from there, that's where the story kind of kicks off and, you know, gets in, into what happens after how he tries to escape and uh, later on save his parents and things like that. So. Hey guys, quick pause here to tell you about our sponsor, Devault Cryptocurrency. Ticker symbol DVT is a low cap coin with a market cap around 900,000. So there could be room for opportunity here. Not financial advice, but we really like this project. Yeah, the Devault Core Wallet is one of the best I've ever seen. Um, Very user friendly, super easy to use with cold staking rewards. So it's like getting interest. Um, They're working on privacy with Terraform. Also, uh, DeFi to decentralize and replace financial institutions. So go ahead and check them out over at devault.cc and get you a Devault Core Wallet today. Also, be sure to check out the show notes to find exchanges that they are traded on. With that said, let's get back to the show. You know, um, I got to say, this was the, I have um, Origins 4, and <laughs> it's the first comic book I have ever read in my life maybe some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, something or other when I was like real young, you know, but definitely the first comic book I've ever read. And huh. um, <laughs> it was good, man. It's definitely good. It's um, it's sort of, it's funny, like the first couple pages, it's like, you know, sort of learning how like the flow of like, you know, the words and the action and everything. And then by wow. the end of it, like, I'm, I don't know, man, it was good. I'm like, man, I got to go get the other ones now because I got to know what happens. I appreciate it. I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised you followed along just because you know that's in the middle of it right like that's the fourth issue in so it's like yeah. that you're like picked up on like where things are going is, is great yeah i know what i'm like you're like i don't want to be like spoilers or anything but yeah i'm kind of like man like 
I, I guess this is the origin series, so it, it feels like it's not very far along in the story yet, but I could be wrong. But if it's the origins, maybe it's still the beginning then, right? Yeah, re- like, of course, relatively, it's not you know, super deep into the whole of, of what is going to be the comic universe, which I have written out really far, actually. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, there still is a lot that led up to that point in, in the mm-hmm. fourth issue in one, two, and three. So I think you'll definitely appreciate the context of going back and reading it and be like, oh, okay, this makes even more sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna. Um, what you were saying about like being like, um, you know, a little more like, I don't know, I guess realistic like one thing that's kind of funny is like, I was thinking like in comics or whatever, like there's always like a super villain, right? Hmm. And it's always like some crazy dude and it's like, why can't the super villain just be government? Like they're the <laughs> real life super villain, <laughs> you know, it's it writes itself. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, government most often in comics is, uh, again, the either the hero or there's something wrong with it, but it needs to be fixed to, you know, have good government again. And that, and that goes across everything, even in independent comics, from what I've seen, the most successful ones, and even one of late, uh, which is actually a personal favorite of mine, Invincible, which just got, you know, an Amazon release for, you know, an animation and has two more seasons that they've been booked for. Um, they, you know, they, they're just big status at the end of the day, you know, it, they just love worshiping the, the power of government and you know to some extent that might just be playing into the culture uh just because people are used to it and it's easy to sell you know comics if you're just playing into what people were indoctrinated to believe in, in in public school but at the same time i think there's also uh probably quite a few people who are picking and choosing you know in terms of who's in control of of what you know makes it uh for the big companies uh, including the big uh, independent companies you know like think like image or dark horse things like that who you know, or limiting those kinds of discourses, right? They're, they're intentionally uh, choosing to only allow that which in some way still supports the notion of, of a state. So, you know, most comics that talk about anarchy or anarchists in some capacity ultimately paint them as bad, you know, in, in, in terms of most all comic books that are out there, including, you know, the uh, DC Detective Comics uh, Anarchy series, A-N-A-R-K-Y, where... That character, while interesting, uh, is more like an anarcho-socialist and is shown as like being not good as compared to Batman, of course. So, sure. Um, it, I think you you touched on this a little bit. It's sometimes it seems kind of tough to make like quote libertarian content, but like mm-hmm. without it coming off as like too overtly libertarian. Cause mm-hmm. it kind of depends on your market. Like do you guys do you guys try to market towards like libertarians or maybe try to get some people who aren't quite there yet. And maybe this is like plant a seed mm-hmm. or maybe help. Um in the beginning I was definitely catering to you know liberty people and some of the future verse stuff and like kind of like one off like jokey comics like you know, voluntary sort of state of zombies was insider humor. But then with Origins, I definitely opened it up to, you know, the normal storyline and the content being uh, something that, you know, anybody could get into if they just happen to like the genre of, of superhero comics and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would say that for most of the time, it was mostly Liberty people, but I would say in the past two years, it appears that uh, the, the readership has spread. And I've noticed an uptick in, in people who have been buying the comic who, you know, are just interested in indie comics or comics that are not like, you know, all the SJWing, you know, of, of DC and Marvel out there that, you know, they're interested in people who are you know, just focused on the story. So I've, I've had a, a little bit of a change up in the large part, thanks to the stupidity. So, you know, th- secretly thanks Marvel and DC for, <laughs> for just, you know, wanting to do gender and, and color swaps instead of, you know, good writing and making it interesting. Um, 
you know, cause it, it's definitely helped me for sure be able to, you know, get the story out there and get people excited about it just to have something that's like, Oh wow, this is something that hasn't been done before. Finally, something, you know, different. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's my answer when I hear people complain. I mean, not that there isn't definitely a conversation to be had about like, you know, like quote, cancel culture and PC, you know, whatnot, but it's like, man, like, if your favorite artist got dropped because of some stupid thing he said, dude, like, honestly, like, that's like a blessing these days. You have the opportunity to be, thanks to the internet, like, we can be, like, independent. You know what I mean? So I do think there is going to be a big thirst for things that aren't just ridiculously PC and the same old nonsense, you know? I mean, like, like the comedy scene, like, mainstream comedy is just awful now. Like, for the last several oh, yeah. years, it's been terrible, you know? But you don't have to go to NBC for your fucking comedy. You know, there's 8 million podcasts that are brilliant. Right. Um, that you get that kind of stuff from. So yeah, it's cool that we're, you know, we have those options uh, for sure. Um, I'm going to assume you've always been like a big comic book fan. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that like, um, I wouldn't consider myself the most hardest core of like comic book nerds in terms of, I mean, I don't know. These days it's hard to tell what it is anymore because it's like, okay, I have comic books on my shelf. Like how many do you have like over a hundred? Like, does that count as being a nerd? I don't think so. But <laughs> But with other people, they might be like, oh, that's, yeah, you're a comic book nerd. I'm like, okay. I mean, I just liked all the different, you know, sci-fi and superhero stuff, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, the Batman, Superman movies and animated shows and, you know, just the, the whole gamut. Like, I've always been into that. So I just, to me, it seems normal i don't see i don't see it as like i'm a, as much of a nerd but maybe i am sure. to some people i but i, I look at people who are like oh no that's a nerd right there like you know what i mean I, i'm like no 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 this person <laughs> knows like all the names of you know the different people who worked in every comic you know and they can rattle it off and they know exactly when you know this issue arc came out and which year like that's not me like i'm like a, a specialist like i like certain nuanced um arcs and special mix-ups like i'm kind of like a a niche comic book fan kind of, you could say, but I'm definitely not like, you know, what are those people you imagine when they make a, you know, like a, a stereotype, like someone who's like wearing a trench coat, it's got the fedora and is like, you know, has like huge racks of, of comic books. You gotta sterilize the tweezers before you turn the pages and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Have you messed I up mean, on mint? Yeah. Higher, <laughs> um, higher than most, but not, I, I don't well, consider myself. I mean, enough to, enough to, you know, want to write your own, I guess. Yeah. Like, uh, I yeah. guess that's the question I'm getting at. Is this something you always sort of dreamed of doing or what wow. sort of got you, got you into actually starting to write a comic book? Yeah, no, that's really funny. Cause actually that's why that I like, my, don't, like next question. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Still no, my I, question. <laughs> well, it's all good. We, we don't have to worry about IP here. So we're all, we're all, <laughs> we'll keep it chill. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, honestly, I, I never thought I was going to write a comic book. That's just really hilarious. Like, honestly, looking back, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. I guess I did that. I, I like came up with the idea when I was studying for the bar exam after law school, like just to give you a oh, context of how little I was planning to do that. Like I wasn't, I, I was just, so I was like kind of just bored a little bit while studying for the bar. And I had some free time. So I'm like, hmm, I really want to do something that combines my interests, you know, of liberty. And obviously I like superhero stuff and this and that. I'm like, hmm, maybe I can like work on a film script or something like that, a treatment. And so I started to play around with it and I started to work on something. And I was like, okay, yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this and get funded, you know, reasonably to make it look good. There's just no way. Um, but I was like, but what could I do that I could probably afford to do and do at least, 
mainstream competitive well. I'm like, oh, a comic book. I'm like, okay, I can translate this concept into a comic book series and I can afford to do that. Like, it's not as hard to do something like that. I mean, if I wanted to make an animated film, we're talking at least 300000 to $500,000 for a pilot, whereas sure. to make a comic book, you know, depending on the quality and who, so that might be three to $10,000, right? Way, way more manageable, um, to, you know, in the comparison. So it's like, okay, I'll try it. So I did. And then I learned a lot along the way. I definitely made plenty of mistakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially, you know, in the first two issues, like I wish I had done some things differently um, in terms of how I chose to hire and, um, you know, how I, you know, delegated out certain tasks and things like that and the, the process about which I developed the characters. But in the end, I, you know, even when I was close to my, by anyone's standards saying, you know, maybe this isn't for you kind of thing. I was like, no, I really like this. I'm going to keep going. I kept sticking with it until I broke through and succeeded. You know, that's, that's really what it boiled down to is, you know, you just got to outlast at, at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, and with that, you know, the past, I think, uh, four campaigns alone have all been well over a hundred percent funded. You know what I mean? So this is something that gosh has been, you know, like 10 years in the making, you know, and obviously in the first few years, you know, raise some money, but, you know, not hitting the success that I was hoping for and, you know, having some struggles, but I kept pushing through and tried to learn from my mistakes and thought about what I could do better and, you know, took those lessons to heart. And that allowed me to, of course, eventually do better and, and work my way up to where I am today. Hell yeah, man. That's the best way to learn, dude. Fuck some shit up and, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just not too hard. You got to have just yeah. the right amount. Of <laughs> yeah. Just I'm going to take a practice run, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's true. I mean, that's, I think that's true for a lot of things is that, um, it's difficult to know beforehand exactly what it's going to take to succeed. And if you don't at least start somewhere and start trying and start learning, you're never going to get to success. Like you're never going to be there unless you start, you have to do something toward your goal or you, you're never, it's never going to be handed to you. No one's gonna be like, Oh, here, here's your dreams. I'm going to just put it on a platter. Here you go. Like no one's going to give you what you want. You have to actually do the hard work and work toward it and keep stewarding toward it every day. Um, and, and eventually after years of work, you get to the point where you actually have something substantive and have, you know, learned from mistakes and now actually, you know, can go forward. So. Hell yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Hell yeah. Brother. What you got, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I feel like a pretty good listener. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, you've been great. Dude. Um, what, uh, what do you have planned now? You said you've only got, you're going to have, so Origins going to have six issues total or seven? Mm -hmm. or? So Origins right now, because I have it broken out, Um, you know, I had a master document and then I break it into issues and, you know, figure out where it's going to fall. The Origins arc uh, appears to be able to wrap in six. So after Origins five wraps, then there'll be one more issue, Origins six, and that will be the last issue in that arc. And then there'll be a new arc after that, that will introduce a whole new set of circumstances and characters to push the story forward to the next level. Um, but the origin story, you know, which basically, you know, sets the tone, gives you a background of the you know protagonist and like what the conflict is and what, you know, where things are going will be wrapped uh, at the end of this uh, next issue that I obviously haven't released and fundraised for, but you know, got to finish five first, of course, <laughs> I got to finish this plate before I can get onto the dessert. So <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, what um, 
I guess I don't have any more questions on that. Yeah, I think you pretty much answered all I, of them. Um, I, I got one. I got one more, then, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, go ahead. Take it away. So, so you, um, so you don't do the illustrations, correct? You have somebody else do the illustrations for you. Um, what, what's that kind of process kind of like? Like working with the illustrator to get, get this. Like, I guess how much, how much creativity is like you versus the illustrator? Like, you really lay it out what you want, or do you kind of do the story and they sort of take it from there, or, or what's what's a little bit of that like? Sure. Um, for me, I uh, do a mix of things. I have, you know, the written part, which is just the word description and, you know, the dialogue and things like that. But in addition, usually when uh, I want to make sure that a certain look is achieved, um, I may bring in some pictures just to help inspire, like, the direction of where I want to go. <laughs> um, if I really need to be very specific, sometimes I will myself, like, with my very crappy, you know, artistic skills, uh, which I can do cartooning a little bit okay myself, you know, that, that I can do, but I can't, like, realism is just not my forte by any measure. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that, that's the, what's that? I'm a stick figure guy myself. So. <laughs> yeah, I can do stick figure. Uh, I can do, like, my, av my avatar, that my wife, my wife drew that. That's our dog. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, dude, it, yeah, it's amazing. Like I, I see people who can actually do art, and it blows my wow. mind because I'm a stick figure guy too. So. The way she drew that was that a uh, like a, a dot work, or is that like you know stroking? It's a it's a, it's a pen, pencil sketch. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, just a pencil sketch off of a photo. Hard I know it's a tiny picture there. Right, right. So it's like it almost looks like it could be a dot work because it's so fine. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever, I've seen people who use pencil dot works, so, you know, very precision. You know. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. yeah, I have such respect for people that can draw shit and actually make it look like stuff. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> it's so I, impressive. I, I seriously thought that was a picture. I didn't even know. Like, until you told me that was a pencil, I, I thought that was actually a picture. Yeah, so. it's like my favorite thing she's ever done. It looks so good. Wow. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Really good. Yeah. yeah no, seriously, if you need artwork, hit her up. Um, <laughs> but uh, sorry to be derail that. But 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 yeah, some people definitely have have a lot of talent. So yeah, I'm, that's yeah. where I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, like how much they yeah. create creativity towards it you know like you're mm -hmm. you know yeah and i'm sure it's different in every publication too i mean i'm sure there's common people who do everything so right so well it typically you know if we're talking about mainstream comics there's going to be at least most often a writer a uh, penciler a uh you could say anchor uh possibly a color flattest that is just do flat colors there's then a detailer for the colors um, and a letterer. And sometimes, you know, the flatter and the colorist, you know, can be combined to one. Sometimes there's multiple writers on an issue. Um, but as you can see, there, there can very readily be four or five people working on a comic um, in, in some cases, uh, sometimes even more. Uh, in oh, my, right. Yeah. Uh, so comic books are typically not made by one person. And whoever can do all those elements really well is like an art god basically mm -hmm. you can actually do all those things and do them industry standard you're like an art you're literally like a comic book god at that point because there's very few people who can do all of it there's very few people because it's everything's a specialty right if you're a primary penciler your specialty is in you know doing that design there's some people who do pencils and inks because it's just inking over your pencil so eh, not a big deal um but you know, the, to be able to do every single one of those things is truly an incredible feat. And, you know, I, I typically don't do do anything like that because someone who's like that, you know, usually charges a crap ton of money or they're just doing their own thing. You know, they don't right. they do it start to finish. Why wouldn't um, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So no, but for me, you know, at this point I'm doing the, I do the writing, uh, you know, production wise, manage everything. And I've been doing the lettering because uh, I was, you know, I had letters before and stuff like that. And then eventually I got to the point where like, eh, I can do letters good enough, you know, to make it worth my time. And then it's like, I can actually edit as I go. If so, if I want to change something up, like I don't have to go back and forth with somebody else. So I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I'm, you know, it's a lot easier for me just to, to do the lettering part myself. So right now I'm going to be doing the lettering. I did the lettering in the last issue. I'm doing the lettering on this issue. We'll be improving that as well. Um, but there's a separate penciler, uh, anchor colorist. So, uh, you know, I work with several people to bring the comic book to production uh, as it stands. I did not realize that much, mm -hmm. yeah. that much work or people, you know, mm -hmm. went, went into doing that. Like, I guess I kind of assumed you had like a dude <laughs> who did your art and, you know, you know, <laughs> like one person was like capable of that. That's a, uh, that's crazy, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Each, each is a specialization um, with, you know, niche, uh, unique ideas about how you can, you know, bring your skill up to industry standard, you know, in coloring, in lettering, even that's a very special technique where you, you know, there's, there's norms about what kind of balloon you use, where you place things, how you do sound effects and all kinds of stuff, you know, spaces and stuff. It's, it's actually pretty involved. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Well, that is one of the cool things that uh, I was noticing in it too, is like, like you said, where, where the spacing, where, where everything sits to sort of create a flow. And it, mm -hmm. it, it sort of, you know, once you get into it, it kind of, it kind of sucks you in is the right term, but yeah, like it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like watching a movie that like you get into it, you know, oh, yeah. um, just, you know, a little motion will have a sound and a little side picture. And so right. like in the, in, in number four, like there was a little peephole thing that slammed shut and there's mm -hmm. a, a little box for it. And I'm, it took me a second. Like, what is this? I'm like, Oh, it's people things slamming shut. Boom. And then right. it all flows. It's great. You know, so it's right. really cool. Um, if, uh, let's, um, let's talk about you guys doing on um, music videos and stuff. Cause that's sure. really awesome. And I guess we'll go ahead and stick with the same sort of the same question, like on you guys' music videos. And I mean, you guys just music in general is mm -hmm. seems very well produced. How much of that right. stuff like that you guys do, is that like just you and foe out there with a camera doing these videos or do you have like a, a crew or like, what's it take? Um, it depends. So for example, a higher level production, uh, music video that we did was ANCAP grind. That was 2018 that we had a full crew for. So we had, you know, uh, an actual, uh, DP, um, you know, director, we had people doing, uh, you know, light stuff in terms of reflectors and things like that. So we actually had a full film crew, um, for that music video, but then like, mask order i shot that myself i just um did it all um so i used a bunch of different cameras and uh you know shot in different environments over a few days and then you know put it together and edit it so it just depends um on our budget and timing and stuff like that obviously ideally it's always nice to be able to hire a crew uh but you know when you're hiring a crew you know you're talking in the thousands of dollars at least to oh, do yeah. that. so sometimes a lot of stress <laughs> Well, for, for that, maybe for me, I'm like, it's great. I can, you know, I, uh, I, can all this and I can focus on just making sure that everything's perfect and, you know, whatnot. But, um, but yeah, ideally I like to be able to hire talent to do it. Uh, but when, you know, ROI doesn't seem to be there, then I'll, I'll go ahead and shoot. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, you take really great pictures. I've, I've seen some of the um, photographs and stuff you've done and uh, they look really good. So appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do do those pictures, right? So if you ever see like Libertarian Country and there's like a promoted post as far as whatever on her page, like those are all pictures I've shot. 
All right, let's take a quick second to shout out Agorist Acres Seeds. Agoristacres.com stocks a variety of seeds for your garden or homestead. They also have really cool packaging instead of those silly paper envelopes. Buy seeds with crypto, support the counter economy, and become self-sustaining today. Agoristacres offers fast shipping so you can get started right away. Make sure you use code NEXUS10 at the checkout for 10% off of your orders. Also, they will donate a portion of the sale to Agorist Nexus, helping to bring you all the great content you expect. And all right, let's get on with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure that, you know, anybody who listens to our show has definitely heard, you know, some of y'all's music because mm-hmm. it's our opening. So, <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, right. Yeah, I know. Right. I was going to say, yeah, we did do the Agoras Nexus theme, which actually, you know, it's still one of us favorites. She loves that song. Like, for real. <laughs> it's, it's not just because, you know, like, you know, it's uh-huh. kind of like about us, but like, it's one of my favorites too. Um, for sure. I think it was a, I think it was a really good, a really good song. And everybody I play it for loves it. Um, and I didn't even know it was like happening and Brandon sent it over to me and like, I'm listening to it and just like <laughs> grinning ear to ear and have like goosebumps. Like I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, really it was a crazy, cause like, you know, the bare bones track itself was just kind of like, you know, nothing special or crazy. But then when we worked with our sound engineer to kind of spice it up, you know, do some mastering and effects and then like move around our voices and like really have a cacophony of like, you know, going ear to ear with our different types of way of saying, you know, agorist next and stuff like that. It came out really cool. And um, I think the lyrics uh, came up with, you know, really are fun. Like if you actually take the time to like, look at what the words that are being said, it's, it's very, yeah. <laughs> it's very agorist. Oh, the, the lyrics, the lyrics are my favorite part, man. It, you yeah. guys did knocked it out of the park on the lyrics. Like, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thanks you for your support and helping us make that because that that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> I I had fun and I wasn't even there. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like an instrument apart, and I'm just like, oh man, it's so great. Um, but uh, what so w- what other music tracks do you guys have? A ton, Man, actually. I mean, if you yeah. if you can go into some of it, um, I can't spoil the exact topics and names, but what I can tell you in generality is that I already have, I think, like eight other songs already written um, and synced up to to actual uh, you know music. Um, I will be doing the next song this uh, Friday. Oh, that. Uh, tomorrow um so i'm going to be doing a new song and and in our uh, future music we are still going with like new kinds of sounds and things like that so we're trying to have fun by like doing different genres because obviously music is subjective and some people like rap some people like rock some people like soft music some people like you know house edm so we just were like let's see how many different genres of of songs you can you know kind of do just just to see like you know that there's something for everybody with some type of funny liberty theme like even florida man right that was a country song or country yeah. technically country trap song but for me that's country enough that's, that's as far as i can go <laughs> when, when i heard that i was like you guys can do it all like well you know there's nothing you guys can't do well yeah. i de- i'm limited like i i am way too white to do like serious rap like i can't though for real like i can do like stylistic like think like limp biscuit or like rap core like um you know, Lincoln Park kind of thing. But me, if I try to like straight up rap, like gangster rap, or even like late 80s, early 90s, you know, I will sound 
dumb as hell. No, see, like that's the thing, but that's what's cool. It's like I I know my limits. Like I'm not gonna pretend that something sounds good that doesn't. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh, I can do anything. I can't. I have I have limits. But the good news is that I can do a lot of fun stuff and so that's what we do. We're like, hey, let's do as much fun things as we can. And like, seriously, like, thank you for the Agorist next thing. Because I was just, that's, that was actually an opportunity to talk to um, the sound engineer and other musicians who were there. They're like, oh, what's that mean? And we, we actually told them what it is to do Agorism. And that, like, literally, that led to them learning about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know what I mean? it's just little things that you don't think about. They're like, oh, okay, they're going to record the song. But actually, that led to conversations that actually taught people about what y'all are doing and stuff. Like, oh, that's super cool. They're really into it. So, you know what I mean? It's just little things like that. You don't you don't think it's going to have a big effect, but it's just, you know, one person at a time and getting that information in front of them where they wouldn't have otherwise, right? So, <laughs> what else? Yeah. Like, Agorist song at studio, you know what I mean? When's that going to happen otherwise? You know, it's <laughs> it's not a common thing, so. It's not. We don't some, get a lot of strip, Let's get some. Content. Yeah. Let's get, let, let, let's get some death metal, you know. How about death metal? Can we get, we can did do, do one. Um. We did do one, you could call it heavy metal song, um, and uh, that um, that it's not as fast as many heavy metal songs. You know, you'd say it's not as like you know, like double double drum tap bassing kind of thing where it's like really, <laughs> but it is, yes, it is that level of growling. It is it, it, nice. we so there, it does exist. Um, it's never surrender is the name of that song. And it is on the music list that's on YouTube and on you know SoundCloud, uh, but it's it's not as like fast heavy metal. Uh, but we do have a song that's going to be like punk heavy that's kind of screaming, hopefully out in the near future too. So that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Uh, yeah, it's cool spicing it up with the different genres, like you said. Not only is it fun, but you can sort of get to explore too and maybe figure out you know. Where, where, where your sweet spot is, you know, figure out what works best <laughs> for you too. So, <laughs> yeah, we got some sweet spots for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, uh, she can do, she can do like kind of soft rap, um, some soft singing, uh, but yeah, she herself obviously limited in, in like the absolute most gangsta of gangster rap. She can't, you know, do that. You know, she's not going to sound like, you know, DMX or something. <laughs> I mean, that's just not gonna happen. But she, you know, she can try. <laughs> it's pretty. I've seen it. It's pretty funny. Um, but she could sound like tough, right? Like she didn't like the uh, ANCAP Boogaloo Trap 2020, like sounding kind of tough. But you know, she, uh, you know, she's ne- not gonna ever be ludicrous or you know something like that. You know, right. but yeah, but it, but it's fun though. It's it's a lot of fun and. She's you know, probably just, cooler than them anyway because she can probably shoot better than them. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. She doesn't want the government doing more stuff. Although, uh, I think Ice uh, is Ice Ice T is pretty cool, I think, when it comes to liberty and guns and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I can't give a specific mm-hmm. example, but I feel like I just heard something about that recently, actually. He, it was, yeah, he's been around saying, like, you know, like, having guns as base and like he talks about like you know obvious i mean a lot of rappers already kind of practice a lot of agoristic things yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right you know what i mean but um yeah he, he's one and oh post malone is one post he's he's probably the most famous actual like himself libertarian uh out there I, in my opinion um, i did not know he was mm-hmm. 
he he's not like always oh, talking about politics because he's you know he's doing the music thing sure. but the couple times he has like you know he he's from texas and he has the whole texas attitude of like you know the government's gonna you know come after you one day and you need to prep and you know train and like you know he does a lot of like the self-sufficiency stuff and he you know talks about how the government's gonna like you know shut down credit cards and like you know take down people and stuff he's actually like pretty woke or based if you want to right, yeah. you know based woke yeah. I, don't, I don't use those those terms too much but you know what i mean so he yeah but he actually appears to, to be like himself like a genuine libertarian minded guy um interesting so yeah um yeah and you know especially with like you know like hip-hop uh you know or you know urban culture you know like in general you know there's there is a healthy distrust of government Oh, you know, yeah. for, for, for the most part, they, you know, a lot of them might not still be quite where we're at, but it's like, man, mm -hmm. you really do have a lot to work with there, you know, when they already oh, have yeah. that distrust of government. And it's like, you know, you can sort of fill in some of the gaps and put some of the pieces together, but here's a better way to live, you right. know, but, um, but, but yeah, you, you do get a lot of that there. Um, you know, like Killer Mike is another example mm -hmm. that I definitely don't agree with his politics on a lot of stuff, but he makes a lot of good points in a lot of instances. And he, even with guns, he's like, the government has, you know, assault rifles mm -hmm. They can't tell us we can't have assault rifles, you know. Right. Um, and I know it's a shitty term, but I'm just, you know, it's easiest. <laughs> right. Um, no, yeah. So, um, yeah. So you, hmm? you guys have done um some uh some events like some shooting events and everything. Hmm? Um, yeah. how, how how do those turn out, man? Are they fun or? Oh, hella fun. Yeah. I no, it may not be, but. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we did. Uh, we started to do events this year in, in terms of our own produced events. Uh, just because we're like, heck yeah, it's time to, you know, get some people hanging out back after everything being shut down. We're so sure. you know, pissed off at all that. We're like, all right, we're going to help ramp this up. So we did our first event with Liberty doll. Um, and that was super cool because she rarely comes out to stuff. I think she's done like pork fest maybe once and maybe one other thing, but she hasn't really come out too much, but she was willing to come out for us. And, um, you know, we had a sold out event. It was a lot of fun. We got to shoot a whole bunch of crazy guns. Like this one dude brought like nine guns for people to shoot. And like at the end of it, he was like handing out boxes of nine millimeter. To everybody. He's like, Oh, you want some nine? You want? Was, so that was crazy. Like, wow. I, you know, not saying that that's going to happen every time, folks. Just like you know, but, <laughs> that was a great. But there is precedent. That <laughs> was a great. Person. Well, the second event um, that we had was the Spike Cohen, and we were you know mm -hmm. shooting a bunch of guns and stuff like that. And one guy he brought some interesting pieces. He had a um, kind of Uzi style gun uh, with a, you know a uh, you could say extended shoulder uh, um, brace, and then nice. it had a uh, can on the front. That and the gun's very heavy, so it's. I mean, it was for me. I was like, "This is not my favorite thing to hold," but it shot twenty two LR. So basically, like because it's so heavy and it had the can stuff, like literally, it's like a video game gun. You would just you know pull a trigger and it's just you know what I mean. So it it felt like you're playing an arcade, but of course, at least you're you know shooting twenty two LR, and that was really fun. Everybody got to shoot that and some other pieces that he had, and then I let people shoot some of our stuff. So we shot some you know fun guns there too. So I mean, it's it's just an incredible experience to be able to come by see some cool people you know network you know and then hang out afterward because you know after our talk and our um range event then we have a vip lounge thing after where we just you know relax have some refreshments and talk and catch up and it's just you know after you have the excitement of shooting with everybody it's just really fun to you know decompress and like you know share that excitement and and, and relax and stuff so um yeah just just really fun You've got a pretty cool range that lets you like like have events like this or is like a, like a private thing. Like I hate public ranges, so I'm so picky about what ranges I go to. Um, you guys have a pretty cool range or whatever that lets you do this. 
Uh, yeah, so we have a cool connection at uh, Reload Gun Range. That's where we do our events. And, um, you know, they're one of the top five largest indoor ranges in the United States. Uh, you know, state-of-the-art facility, super huge. Uh, they have, you know, even a 100-yard range, stuff like that. So um, it's not an outdoor range, but, you know, in terms of in indoor, it's, you know, very primo. Indoor 100 yards, that's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, that's a big lane they got there. And so we shot on the uh, pistol. So we rent out the pistols part because it's like mm -hmm. this, you know, kind of private secluded area. So no one has to cross over anybody else, um, you know, going to the other ranges. So we do the pistol range. It goes up to 15 yards um, and, you know, just have a blast, literally. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That, that, that's a hoot, man. I've been, you know, really yeah. neglecting uh, practicing, you know, this last year. It's not like I'm just trying to hoard my ammo or anything, right. but it's like, oh, it's expensive, <laughs> you know. Oh, it is. Um, I, uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, I really I really need to get back out there. It seems like ammo prices, at least in some calibers, are starting mm -hmm. to come back within. I can't believe I'm saying $20 per box. Nine millimeters <laughs> getting back to within reason. But, damn, it feels <laughs> it does feel a little bit better. <laughs> just, you're right. From what I've seen, the supply has, you know, picked back up. It's kind of leveled out the the panic buying has leveled out. The mm -hmm. prices are still relatively high, but the supply is there at least, you know, whereas yeah. like, like, Oh, every time there's, you know, you know, 10 boxes put on the shelf, it's someone just, you know, picks them up. Now it's like a lot of places actually have it in stock. So at least you can get it. You know what I mean? If you didn't have, you know, your own supply or, you know, your own machine to, you know, press, but. Sure. That uh, was one of the reasons you mentioned a 22 long rifle. Is I mm -hmm. love, um, I've got several 22s just because, yeah, I mean, ammo's cheap and light and like, I've got a ton of it, you know, yeah. so it's a, it's a good, great caliber to practice in too, because it's, it's easy to shoot. So, you know, you're getting over some of that, uh, you know, fear of recoil or whatever. So, so it's, it's definitely mm -hmm. a fun one. Uh, you were talking about us with a, can't you know, really do reloads on, on 22, but you know. yeah, on rim fires. Yeah, you can't, but fortunately it's cheap enough. Um, I had a buddy yeah. who got a suppressor and he's like, Oh, Hey man, I haven't got to try it out yet. You mind if I come over to your place and mm -hmm. you know, test it? I'm like, Oh hell yeah. But it was the first time I ever shot anything suppressed. And it is dude. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, click, 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 you know, with the 22 really cool. Especially uh subsonic ammo for mm -hmm. 22. You put that, you know, you through there and it's just, it's literally like whisper. Yeah. It's, yeah. But, but it's, you know, and it is really funny to people, of course, People don't want, you know, suppressors to be legal or whatever, you know, a, I don't really understand that it's not a silencer kind of thing, but like, like I use, you know, like I dispatch things, we have a farm. So like I dispatch, you know, critters when I have to, but like, yeah, man, like when I got to shoot something, my, you know, I'm not wearing earphones when I come across something. So, you know, my ears ring right. for a little bit and it's like, yeah, man, you know, I wouldn't mind having something that wasn't so obtrusively loud or something that wasn't going to hurt my, you know, my hound dog's ears when we're out hunting or something, you know, mm -hmm. so there's practical uses for that shit too. Um, yeah, I mean, well, just hearing protection like itself is the most important part. And I think like, you know, we did a video on this where, you know, talked about the suppressor issues and just like a big misconception is the idea that like, if you throw on a can, all of a sudden it's like zero decibels and it's, it's, it's not, it's your typical load is going to be already in the one fifties to one seventy arena in terms of decibels. When you throw on the can, it's going to reduce it 20, 30 decibels, right? You're still in like the potential hearing damage range even with that on for, you know, non, you know, subsonic ammo. And then, you know, some people say, well, what about subsonic ammo? It's like, okay, sure. If you're shooting like 45, it's still going to be loud. It's not like it's quiet. It might be a hundred, 110 decibels, but it's not going to be like, oh, there's no noise whatsoever. So a lot of the Hollywood movies, you know, make it seem like as if murderers, like 
all they do is throw on, you know, suppressors and then suddenly they just kill everybody and nobody can hear anything. And it's, just, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you cl clear out a public restroom and the dude in the yeah. stall doesn't know what just happened. You know, right, <laughs> like, right. it's like, come yeah, on, dude, clear that. Awesome. Um, the closest you get, like Dustin uh, from Top Shot, who won like the series, I don't know if you've ever seen the series Top Shot, but he won mm -hmm. one of the seasons. He showed that he got uh, one gun to get real pretty quiet. He used a really high end suppressor. I just forgot the name off it. But it's a, it's a thick, long black one, not like you know the round one. It's got it's got like a kind of oblong shape. Um, and then he used forty five, which I think is naturally uh, subsonic. And then he added grease to the can. So like if you grease the inside of it, that adds another bit of suppression. And then when he did that, it, it was coming in. I think maybe in like. 95 decibels or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's pretty again, quiet. That's about conversation level. Right. So again, it, you don't have to wear ear protection at all. It's crazy quiet, but it's not like, oh, I don't hear something going on. Like if you shoot it, it's still like, oh, what the heck is that sound? But it, it's not like, oh, and it's, you know, like whispers and like nobody would hear anything. Like, no, you'd still be aware that someone's doing something. You might, you yeah. know, BB gun was shot, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, absolutely quiet and you just, you know, kill off a bunch of innocent people and walk away and, and just, you know, wipe your gun and like, you know, walk in your business suit like they do in a Hollywood movie and, and then nobody knows, you know, it's it, it's so hilariously like <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, yeah, just anything, yeah. movies and TV when it comes to guns right. is always, always, they always have, they never have a round chambered until it's dramatically important to change chamber the round, you know, I mean, right. they'll be waving a gun in somebody's face, then chamber the round. It's like, what were you going to do a second ago, dude? Like, right. Anyhow, <laughs> I grew like, up yeah, never ending magazine limit. Like, <laughs> it's like, you're counting it off as they shoot. You're like, okay, I know that model. They should be out by now. And they just keep shooting. You're like, oh, I guess not. <laughs> goes to 13 rounds? I don't <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or not like a, oh, no, the guy was... revolver. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, walking <laughs> dead when like people with obviously no like professional like gun experience are like picking off headshots on zombies at 30 yards. And I'm like, right. give me a fucking break, dude. It's a moving target of that, you know? <laughs> Right. And your heart's probably pounding and you're like breathing heavy. It's, you know, not likely going to happen that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the first few times I went to like, like a range, you know, when I was still getting a little more comfortable, um, you know, mm -hmm. shooting and handling guns and stuff like, you know, going, just going to the range would be really nerve wracking. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. the first couple of times I went, like, I mean, I was almost a little shaky. You yeah. know, and, and and I think a lot of it is also being like when I grew up shooting, we're outside in a private mm -hmm. place and you're at a public and there's 30 other guns going off and brass is hitting you in the face from the dude next door and stuff. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it can be a nerve wracking experience for sure. But, but, you know, um, it's, you know, there, there is a lot to be said for being comfortable with them. And yeah, like you said, a situation like that where zombies chasing you, like that'd be a pretty miraculous, uh, <laughs> yeah. miraculous thing. That, that distant headshots. Yeah. That'd be pretty miraculous. <laughs> um, all right. Um, what, uh, anything else going on? Anything else you want to, uh, you want to talk about or plug or, or I'm sorry, Brandon, you got anything else, um, on these topics? Um, no, I don't, I I don't got much at this point. Mm. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've just been having fun listening. So, awesome. um, well, yeah, man, anything else coming up or anything you want to plug on um, the Tom Woods 2000th is going to be a big, uh, a big deal. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to that one. Yeah. Uh, Tom Woods 2000.com. I highly recommend, you know, the, the tickets uh, to the main event are free and, you know, in terms of there's no cost uh, to sign up for it. Um, obviously they're cost and opportunity and you know time to get there whatever but um definitely it's a funny word isn't it right <laughs> um 
there's going to be incredible people there. I mean, the lineup is outstanding. You know, uh, Bob Murphy's going to be there. Uh, Eric July is going to be there. There's going to be um, uh, Michael Bolden and a bunch of other you know really cool people. And I think the attendees are going to also be incredible. So it's just another way to connect and hang out with great people who love Liberty. Um, so I'm super excited for that. And I would say one other thing I do want to uh, mention is uh, fun. I just recently released a bunch of articles on all the deceptions that surround coronavirus in terms of government uh, manipulation, uh, data distortion, and things like that. And uh, that's on Ecency. So Ecency is kind of a skin over Hive. And if you're not familiar with what Hive is, Hive is a fork of Steemit. And if you're not familiar with what Steemit is, <laughs> Steemit is a crypto-based blogging platform. So very simple. It's just you just go straight to Ecency and it's just basically a blog. Uh, like, you know, where people write articles and other stuff. So on Ecency, um, we have a, a whole series of articles about all the different ways the government has either just, you know, lied, distorted, or even possibly uh, outright killed people through policy and, and incentives in the market. So We will post a link to those, um, those articles. Um, because I don't even know how to spell whatever it is you just said that's on. So, sure, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so shoot me over a link to that and we will get a link to that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Um, along with, if you know your video series and like that, we'll get all that in there as well. Um, for, uh, for the fine people. You got it. Um, so, um, cool, man, dude, this was a, this was great, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, uh, and speaking with us today. Of course. No, thank you, Brand. Thank you, Dag, for having me on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and of course, anytime you guys have anything you want to talk about or promote, you know, hit me up, man. We'll get you on here for sure. Um, do do we have a quote, Brandon? I meant to get some together this morning and completely forgot. Um, no, I don't. I, do you, I don't. We've been uh, wrapping up the show on a, with a with a quote, Jack. Um, oh, okay. And we, we sort of ran out of quotes. So <laughs> we just sort of been putting the burden on our guests now. Do you have any favorite quotes um, from anybody that you like right here on the spot? <laughs> um, yeah, that's not, I mean, there's tons of ones that I could think of. Uh, I, I mean, what it, like a paraphrase of what I like is just the idea that, uh, you know, we can tell um, how much the government has regressed uh, human evolution because we live in a world with space age technology and stone age philosophy uh the idea that you know we have such high level of technology yet so many people don't even understand the basics of, of thinking about consent and ethics and how they you know wish to be treated and you know it, it's pretty incredible testament to how much indoctrination and manipulation has gone on yeah yeah that's uh that, that's definitely very true um mm -hmm. that is interesting thinking about it like that too that it's because it's like if you're a good parent, right, you work yourself out of a job, right? You do less parenting. But uh, obviously government is like they – people seem to require that more and more, you know. So mm -hmm. that, that, that is definitely some regression where we should be much more free with technology and such. Right. Very good. Yeah, and uh, I want to yeah. add to that too. Uh, I really like that because we can, we can use – because we can use technology to basically – you know, um, wipe out a bunch of things that are already already obsolete um, mm. in terms of like contracts. I know you know blockchain can 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 do a lot of that stuff alone, contracts and finance, and uh, you know. So I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, it's a it's a great quote. I think. Um, I that, think uh, same thing, so. You know, Donnie Gebert. Are you familiar with Donnie Gebert? Mm -mm. 
Um, he wrote, um, what was the book? Um, oh man, I don't remember. It's free. I read it. Um, but he has, he has a saying and it's something like we have a Flint, we, we're living in Jetson's, you know, technology with Flintstone's government. And he does a lot of like block transfer. It's almost like a panarchist kind of thing. I think where it's like, you know, you choose your own government and blah, 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 through blockchain. Yeah. And we can just, uh, you know, replace city hall deeds, you know, property, this and that with blockchain shit. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. I do not remember the name of that book. I am sorry, Donnie, but, uh. <laughs> It's out there. So, yep, 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 yep. So, anyhow, um, on that, unless there's nothing else, um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, do you want to close this out, Brandon? Um, sure. Yeah. Thanks for coming on again. <laughs> Agoras makes us out. There yeah. we go. Peace. <laughs> okay. And